Hi, it's Shane Ray on Central Indiana today. We've got a great show for you. Why? Because we're going to be talking with, uh, I, I don't know how to describe him exactly other than to say, <laughs> has a, a YouTube channel called Vice Grip Garage. It's Derek Beery, and uh, he was here in Brownsburg at Lucas Oil Raceway recently for an event. And so uh, we're going to talk to him about what he does there and about his YouTube channel. Also, our good friend Scott Smith, who used to be with Lucas Oil Raceway, which we talk about that, but now he's with the Pittsburgh Parks Department, and he's telling us all the things that are going on this summer. So you want to be sure and stay tuned. 98.9 FM and WYRZ.org, Central Indiana Today. Central Indiana Today. Shane Ray talks with the newsmakers in and around Hendricks County. And now your host, Shane Ray. Well, like I've been telling you, I finally have him on the phone. It is Derek, Derek Beery of Vice Grip Garage, YouTube channel, Facebook page, uh, Burnout Extraordinaire. Is that a good way to put it? How's Derek today? <laughs> I'm doing good. I think you summed it up well. <laughs> All right. Let's get a little background information on you. Then we're going to bring you or bring uh, the listeners up to what's going on right now. I, I'll i just tell you up front, and this is the first time you and I have talked uh, person to person, so to speak, uh, came across your YouTube channel because I'm a car guy, and most of the listeners around here know that. I've got a 56 Chevy myself. I think I saw you in a 57 Chevy at one point. And that's what started me on your channel. And I'm looking back through your videos. You started three years ago making videos on YouTube and took a little break and then really started really started doing them. What made you decide to start doing these videos? I was one of those things where I, I actually have been doing this for about 20 years now. And... Um, the wife actually suggested I wasn't much into YouTube, didn't really know much about it. And she said, maybe you should just try to put a video or two up on there. Uh, so late one night I had to throw a engine and transmission and a Camaro quick to get it moved the next day. I just taped the cell phone to the garage door and put the drive line in, threw it up on YouTube. And it just kind of started taking off after that. Yeah. Uh, and speaking as a car guy who, you know, uh, I would assume there's lots of others like me out there who are constantly looking for, oh, how do I do this? Maybe somebody out there has had this problem before, and uh, it seems like lots of times you come across those situations, and it's like, oh, well, that's how Derek does it, so that's a good idea. Let's do it that way. Of course, you have a disclaimer that says you're an idiot. <laughs> and don't don't do what you do but uh i know that's to keep you out of hot water uh <laughs> and now you had always been like finding cars far away because you take a lot of risk i grew up with my dad and my uncles we would do just what you do which is more of what attracted me to your channel of they'd find an old car in somebody's backyard and then, you know, throw a battery on it, fix it, and maybe drive it home. But it was not 700 miles or anything like that. You take a lot of risk when you do something like that. Yeah, some of these journeys, they get 
you know, pretty far away. I think I've done 13, 1400 miles even. But it, for me, it's more the vehicle itself and the story that the vehicle has. Uh, for example, I found myself in Pennsylvania. I went after one car. There happened to be two there. But uh, just uh, the history of the car <clears throat> and the family and talking to the grandma and her wanting to see the cars back on the road and going to a good home. You know, I, I love those stories and those opportunities. So flew on a plane, got out there, got them running, and drove them home and just, you know, barely, barely made it home, of course. <laughs> the, uh, the situations you get into are just crazy. And uh, I even, even my wife sits and watches these with me. Uh, to see what she, she doesn't care about you really fixing it up. She likes to see what happens on the journey, and I'm a combination of both. So it's it's educational and uh, amusing at the same time. It was like maybe your favorite teacher in high school or something, you know? So <laughs> pretty cool stuff. Now, how one of the early ones that you got, how did you come across the uh, what became the Independence Chevelle? Yeah, so that's kind of a quite a story uh, but long story short someone actually sent that to me I'm, I'm part of a few Chevelle groups on the face space thing on the interwebs there <laughs> and uh, they sent a picture of this car and immediately I fell in love with the paint job course and I knew that it was going to sell fast so I reached out to the guy and I just said Look, I'll take it I'll send you the money I want it I'll come pick it up I think it was the following day and I said, does it have any rust? And he said, well, quarter panels have a little, and it might need a trunk pan. <laughs> and, of course, it doesn't run, which that was fine. So I uh, got a ride all the way out to, I think it was south of Indianapolis from Minnesota. And when I got to the car there, it, it was clear that a little bit of rust meant every single panel, including the roof. And, of course, the frame had seven holes in it the size of grapefruits yeah but i was kind of too far in it at that point and i don't know i just kind of fell in love with the car i just felt like i couldn't give up on it because everyone else did so that was probably the sketchiest ride home i've ever had it was like trying to drive a wet noodle basically in a windstorm <laughs> now when i mean you like you said you wound up getting um information about I believe her name was Rhonda, the previous owner. Yeah, yeah, so that was that was pretty neat. So she found the car through social media because it kind of started circulating. So she was probably one of 50 that reached out to me and said, hey, that was my old car. Well, 49 of them turned out to not be correct. So I was kind of losing hope that I would find the previous owner. But she started sending me a bunch of photographs of her with the car. And lo and behold, it actually was her car. And I fell into the story of this, which is the main reason I still have it, of course. And we've taken it this far. But her dad actually built the car for her right after the Twin Towers fell. And he, unfortunately, is no longer with us. So there's a ton of emotions wrapped up in that car. Uh, so I promised Rhonda that I would bring it back, at least put it on the street or do something fun with it and the idea that I came up with was this just make it an absolute animal as far as horsepower and torque and we'll put it back into that 70s muscle car look which is how she had it dressed 
And then we agreed that at some point we'd get together and let her see the car. And it just so happened that we were able to do that in Bradenton, Florida here not that long ago. Yeah. And, uh, of course, folks can follow the whole story on uh, the Vice Grip Garage uh, YouTube channel. And uh, to bring them up to speed, you are using it now for uh, exhibition for your burnout uh, competitions and things like that, uh, does that look like something that's you're going to keep using for a long time? Yeah, I think this is one of those kind of staple cars that's going to be around for a very long time. I don't, I don't see myself ever getting rid of it. To be honest, we've just too much emotionally, physically invested in it at this point, and there's a lot of people that. I've just fallen in love with it. I mean, they're driving across the country just to see the car. You know, it's it's pretty neat. And then seeing the kids, they get pretty enamored with it. It's kind of like a matchbox car to them. You know, they, mm -hmm. they get really excited. And and I'm so happy to see that. And I love watching kids climb in it and get their pictures taken <laughs> and, and uh, adults even. So, yeah, I think we'll have it around for a very long time. <laughs> now, you know... Um mentioning of kids uh you have uh kids of your own and and your wife and they show up on the video sometimes uh of course you kind of answered part of my question when you said your wife is the one who suggested you start doing the videos but she gets in there and helps and even uh i guess uh what do you have uh your son in in there quite often yeah yeah so we it's it's a it's a family thing i mean my kids are always flipping coins or begging who gets to go with dad to the shop, which is fantastic, uh, in my opinion. I just like watching them solve problems, be unique and creative, uh, just make things out of nothing, and just really use their hands. And I'm just trying to teach them that, you know, they could be whatever they want to be when they grow up, and I'm going to help them follow their dreams, but there's nothing wrong with being blue collar or welding or being a mechanic or a machinist or whatever it may be um, and that's just kind of how I was raised too is it's just the ingenuity and, and figuring things out on the farm we didn't have much so we just had to kind of figure it out so it's a lot of fun when the kids get involved and the wife's right there with me you know tearing out moldy carpet or headliners or whatever it may be it just makes it a lot more enjoyable Let's talk about what's going on tomorrow at Lucas Oil Raceway. It is Cletus and Cars, and I'll just let you explain what it is you plan on doing there. Yeah, th these are a really fun event. If you've never been here, it's something you've definitely got to experience. Uh, basically, it's Disneyland for car lovers. There's every kind of vehicle you can imagine. And we're doing a burnout competition with our Chevelle here, the Independence. And basically... Uh, it's a big car show beforehand. There's a bunch of vendors out there. You can walk around and see all the vehicles. And one by one, we go out to what's called the skid pad. And we get about two to three minutes, and we just put on the best smoke show we can put on. And uh, that's what we intend to do with the Chevelle. And, of course, we're going to have tents set up in the vendor section so you can come over and see the car and meet us and, and uh, get some pictures or whatever as well if you want to. Excellent. Now, you uh, you just recently, I think within the last week, put out a video talking about what happened in Florida at uh, the burnout. you want to explain that one? Yeah, so through that car together, the day before we left, we, we thought we had it done. 
and um, had it all prepped, and we had a really, really strong run going, and unfortunately, a single fuse popped, and uh, that shut our run down prematurely. We quickly fixed it, got back in line, but unfortunately, the event was closed out. We were we were actually um, very close to the end of the roster there, so... Uh, but we're coming back with a vengeance. I think we're going to put on the best show we've ever put on tomorrow. So, like I said, if you uh, if you haven't been to an event like this, it's something you should definitely consider checking out. Now, you've made uh, kind of a hint. I don't even know if you want to comment on this, but at one of the uh, question-answer live videos you did on uh, your YouTube channel, you might have hinted that you kind of liked it in Florida and may want to uh, relocate. What are you thinking on that? <laughs> yeah, it's uh, Florida is, is very beautiful. The people are great. Uh, the weather is certainly a nice change from where I'm from. Um, in fact, it was just snowing right before we left again. It still hasn't given up. Um, I don't know if we, we would go that far south where I'd be a Florida man, but we're definitely looking at maybe catching some warmer weather so I can play with cars year-round. Right now I only get about six or seven months. Yeah. Oh, one other thing I was going to ask you is, you know, like I said, it's really just been a, maybe a little over two years since uh, the videos you've been putting out have been coming on a regular basis, and uh, you, of course, have your own Facebook page, Vice Grip Garage, but there's also a Vice Grip Garage fan page. How does that, I mean, like I said, in two, two little over two years' time that... Uh, people are paying that much attention to what you're doing and all those eyes are on you and people are making comments of of uh, what you're doing and maybe even parroting things you say, <laughs> you know, some of your phrases on there. Uh, yeah. How does that affect you and how does it affect um, Jessica and the kids? You know, we're still kind of... Um taken aback and in a, in a positive way. I mean, it's charming and very humbling that, uh, you know, other people would be walking around saying, I'll be dipped because <laughs> usually I get teased. I got knocked in the head too many times and I talk funny, but, um, no, it's a lot of fun. And yeah, the, the fan pages are popping up out of nowhere and growing quickly. And, um, what I like though is end of day, all of our pages, the Instagram, our website, the Facebook, uh, it's just a bunch of collective, good-hearted people. You know, they're, they're just, they're so kind, and they're all car people, and they all want to do the same thing, play with cars, have fun. Um, most of them are all family people. I mean, it's just, it's really nice to see that, and we've created a really nice community, and, and for that, I'm thankful and, and very proud, to be honest. All right, well, let's remind everyone, the YouTube channel is called Vice Grip Garage, and of course there's also a Facebook page by the same name, and it's Derek, he's going to be at Cletus and Cars tomorrow at Lucas Oil Raceway, of course that's just a few minutes here from uh, the station in Brownsburg, of course everyone outside of Brownsburg wants to say Indianapolis, but Brownsburg claims it, so uh, we say Lucas Oil Raceway in Brownsburg, and Derek said you can come by and see him and see the car, there's going to be things uh, for purchase, and um, of course you get to meet him uh, as time is available, Derek. We certainly do appreciate you talking with us. 
Yeah, thanks for having me. Appreciate it very much. Now, keep in mind that uh, was broadcast actually last week originally during my drive home show. So don't go to the racetrack this weekend thinking you're going to see Derek. All right? Just a reminder, you are listening to Central Indiana Today on WYRZ or WYRZ.org. Well, as I told you at the beginning of the show, Mr. Scott Smith is here. He is uh, a good friend of WYRZ and even Radio Brownsburg. Before that, (laughs) XRB, uh, been uh, friends of the radio station for a long time. And he's in a different... uh, I guess you could say he's in a he's wearing a different badge now, so mm-hmm. to speak. Scott uh, used to be with um, what has now become Lucas Oil Raceway. As uh, now, you did promotions and marketing out there. What did you do? I was a little bit of everything out there. When I first started, I was just with the racetrack, uh, which you know then was Indianapolis Raceway Park (IRP). Yeah, as uh, a lot of people still know it as, yeah. also known as the good old days. Exactly, exactly. <laughs> and then I worked uh, worked there for a handful of years, and then I transitioned. Uh, you know, a lot of residents know that Lucas Oil Raceway is owned by the National Hot Rod Association, mm-hmm. uh, NHRA. So I transitioned into a more active role with the NHRA. And then eventually when I left, I was the director of media for NHRA, you know, their national touring series. Mm-hmm. So, uh, you know, was wanted to, you know, get my roots back in the community. I've always lived here, mm-hmm. uh, but was just traveling a little little too much for my liking and my family's <laughs> liking. Uh, so that's where uh, where I decided to, to uh, end my career and, you know, still have a lot of great friends, still uh, follow the sport, but uh, was ready to stay home a lot more. <laughs> yeah, I can understand that. And, you know, you uh, it sounds so... Um uh, familiar for you to say that because you're not the only one who's got uh, roots in serving their county or community. In your particular case, your wife mm-hmm. is also with the uh, Visitors Bureau. Yep. Uh, it, I don't know if that's the proper term anymore, but... Uh, yep, yep. Visit Hendricks County. There you go. There you <laughs> so, go. Uh, you guys um, just have, have really, like you said, grown up here. You've always been here, whatever. Uh, really believe in promoting just this whole county. It's a great county. Hendricks County. Yep. Yeah, definitely. I went through Leadership Hendricks County, which is a great program here. I've been on local baseball uh, boards. Different. I help with the football football board out at Tri West. I've you know coached my son's little league's team. So really, I like to give back to the community. And you know, again, it was kind of a situation where. I always felt like, you know, where was I exactly? Was I on the road? And then you're worried about how your little league baseball team's doing, and <laughs> and you know you're worried about different things. So, uh, so no, but still being able to be part of the community, uh, whether it's Pittsburgh or the county itself, uh, is something that's always been near and dear to my heart and, and my wife's heart as well. Yeah. Speaking of Pittsburgh, now that you're there, <laughs> uh, you're with uh, is it director of the parks department in Pittsburgh? I am the director communication and okay. recreation with the parks. Um, I started last year uh, in the recreation role and, and have transitioned over and added communications to my plate. Um, you know, last year was a was a good year. It was a learning year. It was something that was completely different. Good year in that respect. Good year in that <laughs> respect. Yeah, uh, but obviously disappointing because every time we try to plan something, you know, we would have to hit that pause for COVID, yeah. and then you'd try to plan this and hit that pause. 
So, uh, you know, while I learned a lot, you know, I think there's a lot of excitement going into this spring and, and this summer uh, with the Parks Department. Yeah, lots of things opening up all over Hendricks County, and we're certainly glad to hear that. Mm-hmm. Uh, of course, we get a lot of the press releases and the flyers here at the radio station. We try to share that as often as we can, and that's why you're here. You're going to tell us some of the things that are going on with the Pittsburgh Parks Department, Parks and Recreation. Yep. One of the, the bigger projects that we've got starting up uh, probably in beginning of June is last year when we had our farmer's market events, I had a table out there uh, to represent the parks. And it was great to talk to people and meet people and hear what they wanted. And we had couple after couple after couple would come up. When are you going to get a pickleball court? We want pickleball. Really? Can we have pickleball? What do you think about pickleball? <laughs> And and at first, like the first one or two, I was like, oh, okay, well, that's you know, kind of a really niche. Mm-hmm. And then week after week, and it wasn't the same couple. It wasn't the same people that were just right. constantly, you know, kind of not nagging, but mm-hmm. asking. And I we kept I kept bringing it to our board. We are run by a board of directors. And I said, I think there's there's a need here for this. You know, we're getting the questions, we're getting the comments. So they looked at the financials and they, you know, work through anything you do as a, as a smaller park. And, but we are going to put in two pickleball courts, uh, in June. Uh, they'll be, if you're familiar with Scamblehorn Park, which is the main park in downtown Pittsburgh, kind of the larger of the two, mm-hmm. uh, it'll be in Scamblehorn Park. It'll be by the, the newly done basketball courts, which just came online about a year and a half or so ago. Uh, so we're really we're really excited, and when we posted that on on Facebook, just the the mentions and the shares and the likes and everything, it was uh, it was really neat to see to, to be able to bring that you know excitement to the community. Yeah, maybe I can get uh, some sponsorship, and Brian Scott and I can go out there and do play by play for pickleball. <laughs> there you, never you go. Know. There you go. Hey, if they're willing to sponsor it, we're willing to talk about it. Yeah, right? exactly, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> that would be cool. Now I'll be honest with you, and I it's not. Not the first time I've heard about this. Um, there was a lot of talk in Brownsburg about pickleball, and even in my own hometown in back in Kentucky where I grew up, there was uh, a couple that had a pickleball court, and I was like, what is pickleball? And uh, can you explain exactly what it is, or roughly? Roughly, it's think of tennis on a smaller court. Yeah. And it's it probably skews to a little bit older demographic, mm-hmm. uh, but I've got a lot of friends in, in my age group uh, that are wanting to form like even a, a men's or a women's league. Hey, we're getting up in that demographic. Yeah, yeah exactly, right? <laughs> I didn't want to age myself too terribly much, kind of <laughs> dance around the subject you're, a little. You're, you're amongst friends here. <laughs> <laughs> but I, I, it's, it's a great way way to get you know some good exercise while not putting a lot of you know wear and tear and running back and forth on a court or you know a tennis court Mm -hmm. uh wooden paddles with a ball and you're you're just knocking it back and forth between uh between the four of you Mm -hmm. so it's um you know playing fields uh got a really strong uh pickleball community yeah um and some other places do and some of our residents were having to drive to playing field and or drive up to to the north side of town. So uh, for them to be able to do it here in town, I think they're really going to enjoy it. Okay. Have you had anyone ask you about disc golf? We have. Really? We have. And we've looked into it in as much as the way the current two parks are set up, there's really not enough land. There's not as much, you know, 
what I think of disc golf going through a you know a terrain more like a woods mm-hmm. type uh, situation. We do own it's called Esther Park. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's there in Pittsburgh, which is completely uh, undeveloped right now. It's actually a farmland. Um, this is my you know farms on there now, mm-hmm. and we've looked into maybe that being a, a location for it, where it's a little more wooded you know a little bit more challenges but yeah we have had people come in and uh ask about that so definitely well i've been hearing so much about that lately and it just seemed like all of a sudden everywhere i go there's somebody who says hey do you have any disc golf courses out there or whatever and it's like uh i'll find out yep, so, exactly <laughs> but you know those things that they come and uh hopefully they can build enough uh just like with pickleball you get enough of a following that it's busy all the time yeah that would exactly be uh let's talk about what else is going on uh one of the other projects that were you know, kind of got should have been the inaugural year last year but obviously with with uh covid uh we did put four new baseball diamonds inside of scamahorn park mm. uh we had two out there uh, in different locations, but then we kind of flipped how one was laid out and put four in there in a true cloverleaf fas- fashion. Mm-hmm. Um, right now, the Tri-West Little League plays out there uh, a lot during the course of the spring and summer. They're out there every day this week. Uh, we also do a lot of rentals to uh, baseball clubs and travel teams and uh, even teams in Brownsburg that need extra diamond space uh, to be able to play, so yeah. which so is that, a hot topic in Brownsburg right now, <laughs> very much so. You know, trying to find baseball mm-hmm. and, and places for baseball and softball to take place. So right. uh, that rental business, we're already definitely spring, uh, booked up for spring and early summer, and even mm-hmm. looking into fall, uh, having a lot of spots booked up for fall. Um, my son is involved with baseball, and you know the rec leagues and club balls and travel balls and and fall ball baseball leagues it's very you know really a hot area right now and a lot of growth so uh to be able to have those new four diamonds online uh is great we're also in the process of putting in a concession stand and shelter between those four baseball diamonds Right now, we've just got a small, you know, small shack out there. Right. Uh, but we're currently in the process of looking through, you know, what size and how big. And and honestly, if any companies are interested in talking to be a part of that, mm-hmm. you know, reach out to us. We are in that process of looking for if somebody wants to come out and be the plumber, or you know, kind of getting bids and seeing where we stand on what we can do. Uh, but they can definitely reach out to the parks department because that's that's definitely an, an active uh, project we've got going right. Right now yeah you know this and i know this but a lot of people don't realize oh it's the government they've got all kinds of money but there's two things one you're not uh you're not big government your community or t- small town government and then on top of that there's only so so much money that has to be spent certain ways mm-hmm. and i can tell you speaking as a nonprofit, that that it's uh for for any businesses out there uh it's uh great to be a community partner in such a way that's giving back to your community and partnership with a town like Pittsburgh, obviously I think would be uh, a great way to go. Yeah. And we're we're sponsored. I believe the majority of our sponsor or our income is a roof tax. Mm -hmm. So when you get a, when you build a new house, you know, a certain money goes to the parks department. So it's not an ongoing tax that everybody's paying. So, you know, as we look at the growth that's, you know, sure to come in Pittsburgh, 
uh, you know, the town is definitely looking at, you know, measured growth and how to how to make that, you know, a positive for everyone. Uh, but as we get, you know, growth in Pittsburgh and towards Brownsburg and, and even up through Danville that people can come up, mm-hmm. uh, you know, it's something that we're not we know that, you know, we're not Plainfield. I mean, Plainfield's got a great parks department. Uh, but for our size of community, I think, you know, we're myself and the board and uh, the superintendent that we have now are, are really proud of what we've got. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. Um, let's talk about uh, maybe some things coming on later in the summer or in the fall. Do you have anything else? One of the things that will be getting started here in the next uh, week or so is our farmer's market. Oh, right. Uh, the farmer's market last year, even with COVID, farmer's markets were deemed a uh, essential business. Yeah. So we could still, you know, have the market, but I wanted to do, you know, monthly kickoff events or non-for-profit nights and, yeah. and really, you know, have a little bit more fun with that. Last year was kind of a grab and go situation. If you wanted cookies and cakes and, and the produce, it was, Hey, you know, come out, get your stuff, but we're, we're not going to chase you out, but it wasn't a true mingling type right. situation. Less of a social setting. Yeah. So, you know, this year we're going to put out picnic tables. We're going to have hopefully a kid's area. Um, Troy Hanna, T-Bone. Oh, yeah. Uh, one of our local favorite disc Good jockeys. Good radio station. Exactly. Yeah. Uh, he's going to be out once a month, uh, you know, as we have a kickoff each month, uh, playing music and doing giveaways. Uh, if you're a part of a non-for-profit group and you want to get more members to your group, uh, the third Wednesday of every month will be a non-profit night. So if you want to come out and, you know, Brownsburg Kiwanis is involved, some uh, local scouting troops are involved, uh, it's, there's no cost to be a vendor. Just come out, bring a booth, bring a tent, you know, and try to try to get more membership, uh, again, to give back to the community. Mm-hmm. Um and we'll we'll have like I said picnic tables and just some people to come out and be able to spend a little bit more time. Uh, we've got a great gentleman, ridiculous barbecue, uh, who makes great great barbecue that you can uh, either take it home, eat it there, or uh, hang out and uh, eat at the farmers market itself. Sure. So uh, we'll kick that off beginning of May and run that every week all the way through September. Wow. Now, how far ahead do you guys get to look? I mean, obviously, lots of things depend on budgets, but, uh, like, are you already looking at things for 2022, some new stuff maybe? Yes, definitely. I think that, you know, that baseball project could fall in bet- into sure. uh, 2022. Make it grow? Yeah, to really to make that grow. And then with any facility, uh, also this year we added a walking path. Oh, yeah. We... Did a lot of infrastructure work on our soccer fields. Uh, Hendricks County Soccer plays out there. So we put these soccer fields, and you only had a path that went halfway through it or, you know, kind of near them. So we added a new walking path to go all the way around that soccer fields and, A, to help people get back and forth to the fields, but also, you know, give people a place to come out and walk. So um, working on that, you know, making sure that's all nice and done. Uh, we recently renovated our commercial kitchen. We've got commercial kitchen space. Hmm. So if you've got a food truck and you need somewhere to prep your food in the mornings or the a- afternoons before you go out, you can come rent space there and uh, and rent kitchen space out sure. of there. So, okay. so yeah, so it's always always something that we're maybe just 
golf. <laughs> uh, you know, always something that you're looking at, you know, each each year. Yeah. Okay. Now, folks want to stay on top of things that are going on. Is there a Facebook page or yep. uh, uh, website? Definitely Facebook page, uh, Pittsburgh Parks Department. Uh, that's where we put all of the, you know, all the events. We have movie nights that'll start uh, here early in May. First movie is The Sandlot. Mm. Uh, and then Lego Classic. movies. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and it's, those are some of my f- most favorite nights because we'll get a, you know, 20 by 20 tent, or uh, not tent, but movie screen that's inflatable. Right. And you can bring blankets and chairs and your own drinks and, and food and sit out there underneath the stars and, and watch a nice movie with your family. And yeah. so that's, uh, we'll do some of the beginning of the summer and then take a break for the really hot, hot months, even yeah. when it's, you know, nine o'clock at night, it's still 80 and muggy. Yeah. Uh, and then kick that back off in the fall as well. I assume no alcohol. No alcohol. Okay. <laughs> Just want to make sure. All right. And uh, is there a number they can call if they want to talk directly to the office? Uh, just basically the Facebook page. Okay. Yeah, that Facebook page is it, it's on my phone and I monitor that. So okay. you know, if somebody has a question, they can uh, definitely let me know that way. All right. Sounds good. Scott Smith is with the Pittsburgh Parks and Recreation Department. And, of course, if you miss any information, you can give us a call here at the radio station, 317-852-1610. If I don't know the answer, I'm going to get you in touch with Scott, and he's going to help you out ASAP, right? Sounds great. All right, Scott, thanks for being our guest. Yep, thanks for having me. You've been listening to Central Indiana Today with your host, Shane Ray.